Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you again for tuning in and listening to us babble on about stuff. Stuff. I am Jason. And I am John. And we talk a lot about hockey, so that's what we're going to continue to talk about, particularly the UNO Mavericks. And this most recent trip up to North Dakota. Yeah, a trip up to Grand Forks, one that one that we weren't sure how it was going to go. Uh, we had to end the season. We had a two-game stretch with North Dakota, a home-and-home. Home. So one the, the first weekend we played here for one game at Baxter Arena, and that was February 20, was that 25th, 26th? And then the following week, we played March 5th in Grand Forks to end the season. So two games with our travel partners, both at the campus sites. We lost the first one at Baxter Arena, which was our final home game of the year, our senior nights. Even though we didn't celebrate senior night, we ended up losing that game. We head into Grand Forks with the final game. I wasn't very, I wasn't very confident of the game. Jason, however, said that UNO was gonna was gonna cap the season with a five to one win in Grand Forks. That's what happens. Boy, did I take a lot of flack for that one. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens when I make the pessimistic pick. I don't pick them winning every game or sweeping every series. Jason decides to be kind of avant-garde and take the opposite approach. And not only did he take the opposite, he could have said, you know, that UNO would win three to two in overtime or, or something like that. But instead, we're going to win this game five to one. We're going to make this bold statement. And and yeah, we uh, we all thought he was a little bit crazy. And UNO did not win the game five to one. However, UNO ended up winning this game three to two in overtime. So I'd like to point out five goals were scored and we won by one goal. So <laughs> Oh, I see five and one. I, I mean... <laughs> see what you're doing there. Okay, yeah. So so Jason has come up with some sort of, you know, just bizarre <laughs> symbolic math that represents his score prediction. Now his daughter did win her youth hockey game five to one this last weekend, her championship yeah. game in the Maverick Stampede tournament. So, I mean, you, 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 you the, the five to one that was on your brain did end up having some significance in your life. Yeah, the crazy dream was probably just a little bit of a <laughs> miscommunication on which game I was a. Uh... Dreaming about, I guess. I don't know. Yes, the, ho Still, the, the hockey gods didn't quite communicate that right, but yeah. It was, uh, it was a good weekend. So break it down, first period. Not, I don't, not much to talk about. I think it's really just coming. You know, we, we enter the second 0 0. So it's really just a question of the play that UNO had, their performance in that first period. You know, what was your, what were you thinking at that point in time? I thought UNO played well the first period. The one thing that I noticed, and I don't know if you noticed, it didn't feel like sometimes when we go and play at North Dakota, there are certain games where it's felt like we were on our heels a little bit. It didn't feel that way this weekend at North Dakota. And certainly in that first period at North Dakota, we minimized the quality opportunities for North Dakota during the first period. So I thought we looked pretty strong during the first 20 minutes of play. Um, and I felt good going into the second period. And I thought that this, it felt like a game that we could win early on, but you never know, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, odd bounces here or there and the game could go either direction, but I felt good going into the second period. And certainly UNO had a good second period in this game. I thought it was a good defensive period for the most part. Yep. I was really worried about... I was I was pretty much dead set on the fact that we weren't scoring five at that point in time. I mean, we yeah, put exactly. shots on goal in the first. So <laughs> I was like, well, at least I know my prediction is as crazy as it sounded when we said it. And but those games but, where, it, where it's where it's zero because a lot of times UNO does get outshot. Um, I say that now. We'll probably find out UNO's outshot everybody. But it, my 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 perception is is that there's a number of games that we get outshot that we do really well in. But that one I, I felt good just because it was zero to zero after the first. You know, it's 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 much better to be in that position than going down a goal or two. And so, I 
I felt good. And then obviously UNO gets a couple goals fairly early in the second, the first one a power play goal by Kevin Conley. And, and like 15 seconds later, then Chase Primo. Yeah, two of our most dependable scorers this season. Right. Get goals and and that puts us up 2-0. So I'm feeling pretty good. And honestly, Jason, I think at that point I was thinking maybe your 5-1 prediction was going to come true. It was still <laughs> early in the game. There was still more than half of the game left to play. But I, I felt like UNO was playing a much stronger game than they had at Baxter Arena the week before. And obviously North Dakota had some of their um, starters back that weren't there at Baxter Arena. So um I thought overall, I just thought it was good performance because of that. You know, they didn't rest the same. Uh, they didn't. I, uh, Kawaguchi and Pinto were both playing. So, right. I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that after those two goals with that that streak, I kind of thought we're really starting to kind of find a groove in the game. And, you know, I never thought that we would go toe-to-toe, shot-to-shot with with North Dakota. you got to anticipate the skill gap being what it is that, you know, we're going to get outshot. It's just, can we, you know, capitalize on, on our opportunities? Because they're going to come, and you're not going to get very many of them. So when you do get one, you know, you gotta you got to put the puck in the net. And, you know, to take advantage of that first power play, that opportunity... Uh, that I think was a good sign. And then just to answer that with a great drive by Primo, uh, I think it's just what the team kind of needed. I was a little worried about the performance after that. I th- I thought they kind of went a little flat after that. Right. In the, in the latter half of the second period, they did go flat. Um, and you absolutely you worried about that because North Dakota gets a goal um, with about five minutes, five, six minutes left in the period. And you're a little bit worried. They've cut it to one goal at that point. They end the period down one. You never know what's going to happen in the third period. I was a little bit worried that the momentum was on North Dakota's side. And I felt like the momentum switched a little bit. And just for everybody out there listening, Jason and I are talking about a game from, what, three game, three days ago. So I'm remember this is a bit, <laughs> but you will remember that UNO had an opportunity to go up three to nothing in that second period. And they spent a long time reviewing the goal. And I felt like before that review took place, all of the momentum seemed like it was on UNO's side. And it it felt a little bit after that, like that long gap, that long delay kind of hurt our momentum a little bit in that period. And I felt uh, it gave North Dakota a chance to kind of regroup and get their bearings and uh, and get things back together as that period wore on. Yeah, so third period starts, and I think I was really worried because 15 seconds in and North Dakota's got it tied, and I'm like, well, <laughs> there goes our chance. Yep, and it's uh, Jordan Kawaguchi who gets the goal, one of their, their top-tier, top-flight players who decided to come back this season rather than going pro and uh yeah that was a that was a tough point for UNO because I'm <laughs> I'm I'm worried at that point it's tied up you're like oh my gosh are the are they have the have the scales tilted the other way now and is this thing going to kind of start to roll the direction we don't want it to go but we played a pretty even third we did play a pretty even third absolutely and and look I we had some opportunities there, and it would have been great to take care of business in overtime. Yeah, they get through. They get I mean, through it's, in regulation, I'm sorry. It would have been great to take care of the game in regulation. That ultimately didn't happen. So we go to overtime, and I'll tell you what, in that three-on-three overtime period that they, the entire NCAA hockey apparatus is doing this season i wasn't you never sure what's going to happen there's a lot of open lice there's ice there's a lot of room for players to maneuver in that but we have some pretty quick 
skilled, talented forwards. And when you're in three-on-three, it's actually, I mean, I think in many respects, going against North Dakota in that three-on-three overtime is good because we've got forwards that can run with them. When you're you're dealing with five-on-five, it's a little bit different because they have some really talented defensemen on that team. Uh, it was it was described to me that playing North Dakota, when you look at their their blue line on that team, it's kind of like playing an AHL team. Um, somebody made that an analogy to me. I don't I don't know if I quite buy the analogy, but I I thought it was an interesting analogy. And you look at the talent they have. So three on three, we've got some quick, fast forwards, some very talented forwards who can maneuver with that kind of open space, and ultimately. Ultimately, it's a good opportunity for us. Plus, we've just played in a lot of overtime games this year, so we have a lot of experience. And I think the attitude of our guys is kind of a, a little bit better than the attitude for North Dakota at that point in time. Uh, obviously, you know their motivation is to win in front of their fans uh, on their last home game. You know, seniors and stuff anticipating them leaving. The you know all that stuff we talked about in the last podcast about you know what it is this what this game is at North Dakota but ultimately it came down to regulation or overtime really doesn't matter a whole lot for UNO a win's a win because they're playing for image right because yep. the points don't matter we're not going to go up and down right who we play is irrelevant because it's completely dependent on the St. Cloud Duluth game right so what are you, you know, what are you going after is, is very much kind of, I think, plays into that. Right. They, they didn't have a lot to play for. They'd already secured first place. They're a highly ranked team. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament and, you know, it's going to be in Grand Forks and they're the host school. So they're going to play there. So their, their future is pretty much determined uh, at North Dakota currently. Ours, ours was pretty much determined Honestly, as far as the immediate future goes, because we knew we were in fourth place. We knew where we were. We knew that we were going to play Denver because they canceled their last two games. Um, And Miami and Western didn't have any more games. So, right. Yeah. So they were they were in fifth place. So we knew we were going to be playing Denver. The only thing that we were playing for is to try to to make an impression on somebody, whoever that person is, which we've been reading a lot of stuff lately uh, as far as the NCAA tournament goes. And I, th- I thought it was important for them to get a road win, but certainly as far as their immediate future, not, not a ton of motivation. So it could have gone, could have gone either way for sure. Yeah. And I think when you're dealing with that human aspect, as we said before, you know, it's not a lot of times necessarily just the fact that you win or you don't like it gets to with yes. uh, pairwise and stuff like pairwise doesn't care that you, win you know three two versus four one or something like for the right. most part right the, the the variation in wins in, in goal scored goals against is, is a small factor into that so right you're really just looking at you've got to come out of you know out of here with a win and i think that their play particularly in overtime um really kind of sealed that like they were they were out to find a way to win this game and it forced the penalty by North Dakota. Um, I've seen the North Dakota fan sites and stuff all in uproars about the, the penalty, but <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm just glossy-eyed from the other end of the spectrum, but I look at that going, yeah, well, it was a it was a slash. Like, yeah, don't do that. And they've been telling you not to do that all season, all last season. This right. isn't just a like rule change, like point of emphasis this year. This was... We said this last year, stop doing that. Yep. And it was a slash. And that's all that's, that's it's a slash. So yep. you went on the penalty kill and, you know, 20, what was it? Like 20 seconds into the penalty and Taylor Ward gets the game winning goal. Yep. You know, we've talked a lot about Taylor Ward, about how I, it, it seems like it's been a quiet season for him, but it's really interesting. I mean, he is our, our leading goal scorer on the team this season with 11. Um, you know, overall points, he's third on the team when you uh, throw assists in there. But, I mean, he is he really is a dependable guy. And obviously being the son of a former North Dakota player, that's you know got to be a great feeling for him uh, to get the game winner in overtime. 
and, as and we, that's what we need him to be. Yeah. We've talked about player roles at the beginning of the season and, and what guys are. And we've talked about Weiss a lot about what his role is. You don't expect him to go out there and lead your team in goals. You expect Weiss to be your playmaker. He should be your assist leader. He should be in the top, you know, three, probably four, five, maybe in points. Most of those right. being assists. That's what we expect yep. out of that player, right? Yep. You expect Conley to win faceoffs and yep. be that dirt grit leader. Yep. You know, you expect Primo to be a producer, both offensive, fairly even producer with both offensive statistics and goals and assists. Right. You know, those are the things that we talked about with these guys. All right, John. So let's uh let's pick our players of the game. Since there's only one game this weekend, we don't have to do of the weekend. It nope. is actually a player of the game. Just this game, absolutely. Do you want me to pick? So, I know it's it's a it's the <laughs> scramble for who gets the easy one, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, you read that. You read that situation well. You know, you want me to? Do you want me to pick? Can I pick? I read the play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, you get the pick. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to pick Taylor Ward because he got the game winner in overtime and like I said that's a situation 3 on 3 you never know what'll happen that's one of those those deals where it either happens like right away right after the uh, overtime period has started or it might you know drag on until the the bitter end and then the game might officially end in a tie and you might go to the shootout to determine the extra conference points so uh, good job for Taylor Ward on that goal uh, this weekend he also had an assist on the first goal the Conley goal so um, that was a great, it was a great, it was, I, I think it was just, uh, to me, the, the narrative of having, you know, the son of a former, uh, North Dakota star, get that game winner in overtime to end the regular season was fantastic. So you know, good job for Taylor Ward, one of our, our most dependable players the last three seasons. So great way for him to cap, uh, cap that last game up in Grand Forks. Yeah, I think that's big because it does go down as a win and not as a tie. Yep. You know, as it looks in in the NCAA, and that's kind of the big thing, like we talked about that they're going for with the the vision and what this team looks like when you're trying to ask for a seat at the table when it comes to sixteen teams going yep. for the NCAA trophy. So, well, and to, uh, that to, was big. Yeah, and to your point, Jason, I this was one of those deals where we played uh, North Dakota six times the second half this season. And I really didn't want to go one and five against them. So two and four uh, was a was a was a better finish against uh, you know against the top team in the conference for sure. Well, I will take a similar approach. Someone I thought was probably a fairly easy pick, uh, Kevin Conley. Yep, and. I think it goes back to what we were just talking about before kind of moving on to the player games. We expect certain things out of certain players. You know, we don't expect, um, you know, we don't really expect Conley to be your top scorer. And, and if he is great, but it probably means that some guys are underperforming more than that. He's, you know, having some kind of insane year, right? Like he's doing everything that we expect him to do. Yep. He's consistent night in and night out. I mean, I think that he's. I'm trying to remember the last game that they that we've had that I didn't at least have him on my list of the guys that deserve recognition. Yep. Uh, so when he puts up a, a goal and an assist, um, and is and is a positive in the in the faceoff dot, I think that that's uh, that's what we expect. That's what we need out of him, particularly going into. Uh, the tournament, the conference tournament, yep. and then into the NCAA tournament, hopefully, cross fingers, pray, uh, then, you know, we need him to be that guy. We need right. Ward to be that guy. We need Weiss to step up and be that guy. And we're going to need some of these other guys down on the roster, the freshmen and stuff that we've talked about, um, Bremer, Prokop, you know, Scanlon. Those are guys that we're going to need to kind of step up. Scanlon with two assists was certainly a guy that had to be on the list. Hopefully he was on yours. He certainly was on mine. Um, he's one of those guys and, and, like Connolly, where game in game out, he's just a really dependable player who seems to make yeah. a difference. And I think that that that's the thing, like you were just mentioning there, 
as as we head into postseason, the teams that tend to have a lot of success are the teams with a lot of veteran players, veteran leadership, and then it's those younger guys who kind of fill in the gaps and their game rises up to that next level so that they can it, it's I've watched this with UNO teams before. When you have one of those teams that they 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 show their depth and the veterans, you know, kind of take charge and say, you know, the end may be near. And so we want to make the most out of this experience that that leadership can really kind of pull those guys who are the younger guys, the underclassmen on the roster along with them and, and everybody's game elevates as a result. So I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, interested to see how that goes in the next few weeks. But yeah, Kevin Conley obviously is one of those guys I think we talk about in nearly every se- series this season. Yeah. And like you said, Scanlon as well. So, yep. So that moves us into, we're going to, I know typically we do kind of an intermediary segment here where we talk about something, you know, crazy like concessions at Baxter or, you know, weird fans on Twitter or something like that. And um, we're just going to jump straight into our next game, the first game in the NCHC playoff, which typically would have been here at Baxter for a best of three series and is now up in Grand Forks with a win or go home against Denver. Yep, one and done. Sudden death uh, type of game, type of situation. No best of three. So so it's a, it, it creates a potentially exciting scenario for these first four games with all eight teams in the conference up in Grand Forks because, you know, it, it trying to be a team, especially if you're an underdog team, Winning a best of three series in the first round of the NCHC playoffs can be a real challenge, Um, especially if you get down a game, you know, then you're really behind the eight ball. But here, all these teams know is that they just have to put together a good 60 minute game and any of the teams in this conference, no matter how low they are in the standings, can come in and do that. So it's, it's actually it's a pretty exciting thing. And I don't know if I want it to be that exciting because obviously that could that could end up biting a team like UNO in the standings when you're the number four seed playing the number five seed. That's one that's potentially ripe for an upset, you know. So these will be interesting things going in. So this will be kind of uh, fun to look at this and make some predictions here and and talk about what we think might happen. And I think that the there's some teams that it'll be really intriguing to see how they do, right? Yep. CC had the COVID. Yep. Uh, so how are they, you know, they haven't had the same practice time. They haven't had the same prep time yep. as the other teams. So so what do they look like coming in? You know, typically I would expect them to come in, you know, really rusty. And, and so we're just having to figure out like how are these teams going to perform you know based on how they kind of lead into and that goes into the UNO DU game the question is is how does DU come in how do they play against Omaha you know having not sharpened themselves against a two game series with Cairo College leading into the playoffs yeah they're basically going to have two weeks off and and you never know how that'll sometimes it's it's it can go one way or the other. It can sometimes that'll help a team. Sometimes having the rest, having the the break, you know, if there are any little small nagging injuries that you need to get over, that can help. It might give you some time to work on things. They knew that they were going to play Omaha. It'll give them time to watch some film. Uh, they're a team that, despite the fact that they're they're a bit down this year, they're a team that has always kind of had our number, and they played well uh, in all four of the games that we played against them. Uh, in the second half this season. So it, it could go either way. On the other hand, like you say, does ha- having that long break off for Denver when they're playing us or the long break for, for CC playing St. Cloud State, does that, is that a disadvantage because they're not going to be quite as sharp and they're not going to be in game form? And I, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it would be interesting for UNO. Obviously, we have a significantly better record than DU. We played them really well. We obviously have a lot of motivation against them because uh, of the struggles that we've had against them the past several seasons. Um, but boy, this this is a this is a tough one to pick, and uh, I, I 
I, honestly, Jason, I don't know how. And I, I am going to do this because I know that this drives people nuts, but I have to throw this in there. You know, you look at DU as a team. They they struggled a little bit in the pod. Obviously, they weren't playing at home. They were it was it was a neutral deal for them uh, playing here in Omaha back in December. And I mean, really, they they're always a tough team at Magnus Arena. Jason knows this because he used to attend their games regularly in person back when he lived in yeah. Colorado. They only of the 22 games they played, you know, only six of those were played at Magnus Arena, which is I mean, it's just it's amazing to think about because of the pod structure. They only played six on their home ice. So, um, yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. Do you want me to make a prediction here? Do you just want me to be bold? I, yeah, I think I hate to I hate to I hate to start I hate to start off with our team because because you know how the thing is I picked against our team and they ended up getting a really big win in in Grand Forks last. So there's part of the superstitious part of my brain that's like, you know, do I I keep that dynamic going? Boy, you know, last year we were we were set to face. Denver at Denver in the NCHC playoffs. And I really thought, I really thought that that was going to be a weekend that we were going to break through and we were going to win out there. I thought we were going to upset them out there. And then COVID came along and it, it completely canceled the series. So I'm going to say UNO wins. I'm going to say UNO okay. wins, which I, we're going to be cursing the fact that I did that, but I'm going to say UNO wins that first game Gets their first What's the score? playoff. You got to give us oh. a score here. <laughs> you can't get out without a score. Oh, boy. I, uh, You know, it's postseason. And the one thing about the postseason that I always enjoy are those kind of close down to the wire nail biter games. So I'm going to say that we win that game. Uh, I'm going to say we win the game two to one. I'm going to say it's going to be a really close nip tuck type game. I'm going to say that, that this is going to be a game. And this is probably going to be the way it is during the postseason. This is going to be a game where Isaiah Seville is going to have to come up big in net. Uh, he's had some really just terrific saves the last uh, couple of games and the last uh, last few series this season. There's it, it seems like he's having his signature save moments uh, during some of these games. So yes, so I'm going to go that Uno's going to win. What I say, two to one. I'm going to say we win two, two to, to one. one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that. I think that Denver's going to have some rust. I, right. I don't see how having just practice and no games leading into it is going to be helpful for Denver. I think they have more to prove than UNO does, but I also look at it going outside of a rush to the finish for them and winning the NCHC yep. tournament. Uh, I don't see any way that they make it into the top 16 conversation right. for the playoffs. Exactly. And so. and I and I would agree with that and that's the thing. They have they have all the motivation and they know because they they will be the they're the host school at the uh I guess that's the West Regional out in Loveland. I guess the Midwest Regional is the Grand Forks one or I don't know how they labeled those two regionals. But they know that if they get in, if they get the auto bid, they're hosting, you know, 40 minutes from Denver in Loveland, Colorado for a regional, regardless of what their seed would be. So they, they have a lot to play for, you know, you go through this deal and you're like, you win three games and boom, you're in the NCAA tournament. So, right. So yeah, that's, that's, that'll be interesting to see that. But like you said, they haven't played for a while here. We have, and we got to finish with the toughest team in the conference, North Dakota. The other thing to factor into this conversation is that Denver and Omaha is not opening night. You've right. got two games that lead into us. So you will have a fair idea, I think, at least yep. about, you know, is your next game against North Dakota or not? Both of these teams could end up being the lower seed in the second round. And, uh, you know, that may or may not influence the way or they wait you know, the way they play or what their expectations are or anything like that. So um, I think there's a lot of factors that kind of play into this. I'm with you, though. I see UNO getting out of this. I think that they know they're a bubble team. They know they have to perform well. Yep. I think we have more offensive upside than Denver at this point in time. I would, I would agree. Kind of struggling to figure yep. things out. 
Um, but I'm gonna go. A li- I, I'm gonna go a little bit higher scoring affair. I think it's gonna be a four-two victory for UNO. Okay. I'm thinking probably you know three-two with an empty net goal. Yeah. At the end. Yep. It. Yep. Sure. I so, can see that too. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is you know four quote unquote real goals. Um, but I just that's that's kind of the vision I have at least for it. So yeah, so I think it'll be fun. We'll go through the rest of. Uh, the rest of the bracket here for the frozen face off all the way to the end. And we'll see John and I, who we, who we see kind of taking home the championship. And yep. So you can stick with us. Uh, otherwise, normally the podcast would be over right here. Cause we were talking <laughs> about the next game. So, but we're not done yet. Stick with us. Yep. Um, John, let's go to the top of the bracket, North Dakota, Miami. The question here, I think really is just, do you see there's any, is there any way that Miami upsets North Dakota? You know, that's a really good question. Like I said, this is a I, I I think it's very unlikely that that will happen. But again, because it's that one game type of deal, and and the question I, I guess the the question kind of continues. That whole does North Dakota have a lot to play for? Obviously, they're playing the NCHC the entirety of the playoffs in their home arena that certainly will give them an advantage they would have played miami at ralph Engelstad anyway if uh, the playoff format had been uh, the typical playoff format i don't uh you know i don't know i i i look back at the first game the first game of the of the pod back in december on uh, uh it was it was miami's and uh, north dakota's first game and Miami lost two to nothing. So it was a fairly, fairly close, fairly close game. And that was about as close as it came for (laughs) Miami against (laughs) North Dakota. Uh, They lost, uh, they lost six to two later on in the pod uh, against North Dakota. I don't see Miami coming in and beating North Dakota, despite the fact that I'm sure they're going to give North Dakota their best game. I still, I just don't think there's enough talent. There's, not enough firepower on that team. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, Miami lost like, uh, let's look here. You know, Miami went one and one and nine in their last 10 games. I think they, they won one against St. Cloud state in Oxford, Ohio. And that was it. So that was a good win against St. Cloud State, but but I just don't think I don't think they're going to come out and do it. I tell you what, if they if they do go in and win up there in Grand Forks, that would be really impressive, and uh, and I think that'd be just completely hilarious. So, yeah, yeah, but, I just I just don't <laughs> I, I don't see, see the, it happening. Like, it's it's like going okay, well, you know, I just sent you into war with one <laughs> bullet. I mean, in theory, you could. You could still win, but logistically speaking, you probably need a little bit more ammunition. Depends on um, who you depends on who you shoot with the bullet, and uh, yeah, if, if, if right. they if they shoot back, right? Yeah, and like that's what I'm saying. Like it would not shock me if no. Miami upsets North Dakota. If right. North Dakota goes into this thinking we're due, it's ours. It we owe you all owe us for being North Dakota, which is an attitude they've had in the past, and. I'm sure North Dakota, if if there is a North Dakota out there fan out there listening to this podcast, they're going to be up and roared about me saying these types of things. But like I remember North Dakota, and I remember the times that they had that swagger, that attitude. Like we are, we are it, and you all should be just bowing down to be in the presence of North Dakota. And it bites them in the butt, and they lose to some really bad teams in really bad ways, and have in the past now. Will this team? I don't think this team does that. I think I, I don't this either. team is very much the we wanted a chance last year and it was stolen from us. No fault to anyone, but we need to make sure that we take advantage this year. So I don't see any way that Miami gets through. I don't either. Yeah, North Dakota's a team. I will tell you the one one of the really impressive things about the team is they and I think you know sometimes people trivialize this. They are really good at making adjustments between periods and uh so I don't think it, but you never know. This could be like one of those fluky NCAA tournament games where you've got the number 1 overall seed that gets taken out by some, you know, 
lowly Atlantic hockey team that, you know, nobody thinks can win anything. They come in and they play some really ugly, slow it down style game. If it were a neutral site game, that might happen. I'm, I just don't think it happens here. So I, I would say North Dakota will win. Do we have to do, are we doing scores on these games? No, nah, I think these ones okay. we just do. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Cause uh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't want to, yeah. Cause well, and that's to get to that point though, like, Part of the reason we don't do scores is because this could very much any one of these games could be a a muck it up close you know three three late like you've got UNO winning you know two 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 one right it it very much could be a five minutes to go in the third yep. and it's one one and yep. it's just a strange yep. bounce a weird dump in you know yep. a shot off someone's butt like. Yeah, tur- these kinds of crazy things happen. Tur- and... Turnover in the neutral zone that that leads yeah. to a guy, you know, breaking behind uh, the defenseman, and yeah. So, or you get you get refs that are just out to you know make a name for themselves, yep. and they call a borderline penalty late in a yep. game, and it gives a team a win. You just don't know what's really going to happen, so it's really hard with these ones and dones. Uh, to, to really kind of pinpoint exactly how things are going to go. So yep. we're just kind of picking who we pick. So let's move on. We've got St. Cloud State, number two seed, playing COVID Colorado. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 COVID Colorado. COVID Rado College. COVID Rado College, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I I got to tell you, I'm not knowing who, I mean, I'm a, who knows? I'm assuming some players will be out for... Colorado College, but I hell I don't know. It, it's hard to say. I mean, we're dealing with a team. I will tell you, I do think Colorado College is a stronger team than Miami. Um, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago they went into Duluth and beat Duluth on their their senior night um, up there. So I don't. Uh, I don't know. This is this is a this is a really this is an interesting um, game. I I still think St. Cloud. I think St. Cloud comes away with the win over Colorado College, and I feel all like right, I'm, so I feel like I'm picking SCSU. all the feel like I'm picking all the high seeds, aren't I? But <laughs> well, well, well I'm more. with you. Yeah, I think that St. Cloud gets through mostly just because while I think that of the teams that could up between Miami and CC of of those two teams, yep. if I had to say one of them is going to upset, it's going to I'm going to pick CC. I yep. don't see Miami just having the firepower to to pull off an upset, even if Miami was playing St. Cloud. Um, I think Colorado College has that potential, and they've shown that potential. Um, yeah, they, I just think that yep. they their COVID protocol. You know, it's not just that they didn't play games. It's that they don't practice. Like they got nothing. They're coming in cold. Uh, if there's one game that ends up in a blowout, this is my pick for a game that might get, might just be a St. Cloud blowout of Colorado College, just because Colorado College isn't sharp and ready because of COVID protocol. Yeah. Yeah. You just, and, and you never know, but like you said, of the, of those, the, the seventh and eighth team place teams, I do think Colorado College is the one that can go in and potentially upset them. They beat they beat St. Cloud back in the pod back in December. So I mean, who knows? That that's the one I think could be could be the upset special there, but I do think St. Cloud will win. And I part of it's just because they they they've got some really talented veteran players. Uh, certainly David Rennick in net who seems like he's been there for 7 years now. Um, he's really good, solid goaltender for them. And I, obviously this time of year is when veteran goaltending, um, really seems to make a difference. So I'm going to say St. Cloud wins the first game. Right. Okay. So we move on. We've got, we both picked St. Cloud state there. So we move on Duluth and Western Michigan, your three, six matchup. Well, and I mean, Jason, you know, like when we picked national champions, at the beginning of the the first two seasons of this podcast, I picked Duluth each of those two seasons. And the first season, Duluth won the national championship. And then last season, I picked Duluth, and then we don't know who was going to play for the national championship. I don't know 
that Duluth is as talented as some of those teams. And certainly, uh, you know, when they had Hunter Shepard in net for them, but gosh, I don't want to pick all the upper seats to win. I feel like that's too easy. I feel like, I feel like this is one and I'm just, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. This may completely throw off my bracket, but I'm going to say Western Michigan. I'm going to say Western Michigan goes in here and wins this game. And I, I don't know why really Western Michigan's a team that if you look at their, their, you know, tenure under Andy Murray, they're one of those teams that they play really, really well in Lawson ice arena and having been in Lawson ice arena, uh, three times on uh, road trips to watch the UNO hockey team there. It is just, it's an uncomfortable place to be. I'm sure it's an uncomfortable place for their opponents to play. They're a team that tends to do really well in Kalamazoo, but they don't do really well when they leave the confines of Kalamazoo. But this time they have a lot to play for. And like we were talking about, the top three teams in this conference are probably in the NCAA tournament, but Western Michigan's a team that's on the outside looking in. They're probably also ticked a little bit that, even though they ended with more conference points than Denver, Denver, because they didn't get to play those last two games, leapfrogged them in the standings with the uh, you know formula that the NCHC used to determine that. So normally, you know, there was a shot. I, I don't think a, a particularly good shot that they would have played us in that first round. Now they're playing Duluth, and I'm going to go for Western Michigan. They have been playing better hockey of late, and. Um, yeah. And that's my, I, I, we have the same bracket so far, so this will be interesting <laughs> moving forward. Uh, my reason for picking them is what you just mentioned there at the end, which was their, they had higher expectations for the season. They ran into injury troubles and had some system issues in right. the pod in Omaha at the beginning of the season. And the second half of the season, they really seem to have been kind of finding their yep. game. I think that they're playing at their best right now and that's a dangerous team. And we had said in prior podcasts kind of forecasting and, and, and looking ahead to this tournament that as hard as it is to go up against DU again, the, and, and they've had our number before I'd almost rather see DU than Western Michigan because of the way they're playing. Right. So I feel like UNO got a better draw against Denver uh, and I'm kind of glad we don't have to play Western Michigan. So well, I picked Western Michigan as well. Yeah, and you're looking, Western won their last five games. They beat St. Cloud and St. Cloud, and then at Lawson they swept Duluth, and then they uh, swept Miami in a home-and-home -home series to end the season. But, yeah, they got off to a rough start in the pod. But And like I said, they've had most of their success at Lawson Ice Arena this year, but... I don't know. They beat some really good teams on that other side of the the conference, the the eastern side, half of the conference, the way that they did the schedule this year. So it's a team that they're familiar with. It's a team that they've played uh, four times this season. So, yeah, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say that, too. So that'll be our upset special for the first round. That's that's the only upset we've picked. So we'll see how that goes. So. Um, since we've got the same ones, let's just kind of keep moving on instead of, I was going to okay. have us kind of go bracket by bracket with the, the final three games, but okay. let's do this next round here. So okay. we've both got North Dakota now cause they get reseeded plays Western Michigan. Yep. Your pick. Ooh, this is a, this is, that would be a really entertaining game. I mean, I hope that happens cause I'm really excited to watch that one. Um, gosh. Again, Western faced North Dakota back in the pot, and we talked about some of the injury issues that they had. I mean, we beat Western Michigan 10-2 to back in the pot, and they did not look like a very good team, but they've become stronger. So they're a different team than they were back in December. This is a tough one, but um, first of all, I'm, I like our bracket because we don't have to play uh we don't have to play North Dakota in that second game. So I'm going to say North Dakota beats Western Michigan in that second game. The uh, the run runs out for uh, the Broncos at that point. I would say the same. The hard thing picking against North Dakota is that they're playing a conference championship at home all the way through. Like this yep. is a home game. You know those stands are going to be filled with 90-some percent North Dakota fans. Exactly. Um 
and and playing you know Western Michigan, I just don't see. North Dakota doesn't lose to another team. North Dakota loses to North Dakota at yep. this point in time is how yep. I look at it. And exactly. I just, I just don't know that that happens at this level. We'll see. So but, I uh, will pick North Dakota there as well. Yep. So now you have a 2-4 matchup with St. Cloud State and UNO. Ooh, this is a this is a tough one. Um, obviously, we had success against St. Cloud State in the pod. We, uh, we uh, split against them officially. Um, but we played well both of those games. I I don't know. We were playing those on our home ice. I don't know if we were the designated home or road team, but uh, I don't know. This is a tough one. I'm I'm gonna say that at that point UNO is gonna feel like they did what they needed to do, um, and they are going to lose to Saint Cloud State in that second game of the NCHC playoffs. Um, I think we finally have a difference of opinion. <laughs> I, I thought you might it, pick this way. That's why I'm like, oh, I think I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, you know, this formats, anything that can happen, which, which is what makes it so, so difficult. We've talked about, but we have played St. Cloud. Well, I yep. think that, you know, UNO will have the high of beating DU at that point in time. Yep. And the concern is, is that they are, like you said, coming off that adrenaline rush of, you know, we got the better of a team that's had our number so many times for so many years. Yep. Um, but, and I mean, at that point in time, most of the pundits would say that, you know, if, if UNO beats Denver, they're, a virtual lock to make it in um, to the, the field of 16. So, you know, what more do they have to play for? But I, you know, this team, I think that they can play in some close games. Their penalty kills been so well, like special teams, I feel pretty good about the power play has been doing, you know, better. So I, I think, Personally, I think it's a close game. I think UNO finds a way to win by a goal. I, I really think this is going to be, if you want good hockey, if this, if what we're envisioning is what happens, this is probably the best game of the tournament. It, yeah. I would say. Like, I think this is going to be an exciting hockey game. Yeah, it'd be a fantastic hockey game. And I'll tell you what, this is one of those deals where UNO could be like, you know what? We, we got our first win in a conference tournament in ages. We have an opportunity here to kind of run the tables and do something really special, um, make it to the NCHC finals, which we haven't done as a program yet. We're the only team in the conference that hasn't made it to the the uh, final four teams in the conference uh, tournament format. So who knows who knows what the attitude, but if they, if they see that matchup, they might seize the opportunity and uh, take advantage of it and get the job done. Certainly, St. Cloud State is a team that they can beat. Uh, I'm worried they're going to, you know, have a, a a metaphorical hangover from too much celebrating after the, the D win. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But uh, I yeah, we'll see. You could very well Who be knows? right on that, Jason. Yep. This is this is the I, well, not the consensus. I know there's people out there that disagree with this, but I would say that this is the best league in NCAA men's hockey right now. Yeah. And none of these games are going to be snoozers. So no matter yep. what happens, it will be exciting and it'll yep. be fun to watch. Yep. So so your frozen face off championship is North Dakota, St. Cloud State, number one versus number two. Yep. And your pick is St. Cloud State. <laughs> upset at the end, huh? Upset at the end, and that really could have an impact on potential seeding if uh, St. Cloud State runs through the NCHC playoffs and beats North Dakota at Ralph Ingolstadt Arena. I don't know where they would be in the standings at that point, but that would be a big win for them, and that could that could really change the dynamic of where teams are placed in some of these regionals and what kind of seed uh, St. Cloud State gets and where that's at. So. Yeah, I, that's that's what I'm uh, predicting will happen there. Sadly, there's no third place game to see uh, UNO play Western Michigan uh, in that format like there normally would be at uh, the NCHC, uh, uh, the final day of the NCHC playoffs. But but it's all good. 
It's all good. So yeah, so that was not exciting because it didn't involve UNO, but yours will be much more interesting here, I'm sure, because UNO will get to play in North Dakota for the 35th time this season if uh, Jason's scenario <laughs> happens. Yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think it'll be that much of a different uh, outcome than we've we've seen. I right. I have a hard time. If, if this was in Omaha, if this was in, you know, Minnesota, right. and it was a neutral site, yep. like I, I totally would have a different opinion yep. of how these games go. Yep. But this is North Dakota playing at home in front of their home fans with a chance to do something that may never happen again. Yep. You may never see an NCHC team win a championship in their own building. Yep. Exactly and right. I just think that North Dakota is going to have that on their mind and I think they're going to close it out. And I just, I just, like I said, I just don't know how I can pick a team that's literally on the road in what should be a neutral format. And I think that's the, my biggest knock to the NCHC right now is that this is a tournament. This isn't, you know, the first half of the season, second half of the season, right? Like this to me is set up to make North Dakota the NCHC champions. And I don't know that (laughs) I don't know that anyone's going to be able to beat them. So money, 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 money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it is, it is. This was their best shot at making money on this, uh, on this thing was to hold it in North Dakota where you knew that their fans would come out and, you figured, uh, and I, I can't remember how many, what percentage of fans they, I, you know, we had looked at the tickets. I don't know what percentage of fans they're going to have, if it's the same percentage they've had for their games or if they're going to have more people at the games. But that's one of, one of the factors, too, to remember is that, you know, it's going to be a, a, a partisan crowd. Likely. Oh, yeah, because North Dakota season ticket holders had that opportunity to buy tickets right off the bat. So Right. I mean, everyone, every team in the NCHC that's not North Dakota is at a disadvantage. Right. Even when they're not playing North Dakota. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I just, we'll see. And, you know, to dabble in some conspiracy, because (laughs) I'm not, I will say, I heard this from one person, so it's a single source. And I hate to say this because I know he listens to the podcast every once in a while, but I don't trust what he says 100% sometimes. Okay. So he's listening and I'm going to get text messages from him and okay. I'm sorry. But, okay. you know, when it's one source, I can't I can't say for certain. But I will say that what he told me was that the discussion at the beginning of the season was if they had to do a pod at the beginning, like a first half pod and a second half pod. Right. Where were the sites going to be? And they were narrowing sites down and stuff, looking at that, where do we use this? And North Dakota said in that situation, they didn't want to be the first half pod. They would take UNO, let, it would let UNO have it at Baxter, and then the second pod would be at North Dakota. And that that discussion is what led to this being at North Dakota. And I, if that's the case, like, it's good to North Dakota for like seeing down the road and saying, Hey, we need every advantage we can to kind of finalize this. But like, I really don't, I really dislike this decision by the NCHC to have this at a university. Like if you can't secure a neutral site to have a pod, even if it's no fans, just to be able to, you know, do it at Verizon center. I, I, I saw that, or, um, it's not the, is it target center or, yeah, the Target Center had some high school thing in Minnesota. And there were no fans. It was all streamed. But the the tournament, like, I don't remember if it was high school basketball or something like that. But, I mean, it was at that arena. Like, right. that's fine to me. Like, I'd rather have these teams at a neutral site. I really don't like the fact that, you know, North Dakota is playing a home. And I said it on the prior podcast that it's it's salt in a wound that you essentially said we're giving first right of tickets to North Dakota fans. Like, I think you're just setting this up to be everything for, for North Dakota. So if they lose, like this is really bad for North Dakota. If they lose this tournament, because everything has been set up in their favor. Well, yeah. And it's, it's bad for the NCHC too. Although I guess the tickets they've sold are the tickets that they they've sold, but 
you know, I don't know if they get a percentage of you know the concessions and everything else holding it there. Obviously, they they may have looked into holding it at the Excel Center as they have been doing um, with the NCHC Frozen Faceoff each year. Maybe it was just out of the realm of possibility. Maybe it costs too much. Maybe because of the restrictions in Minnesota, they weren't able to do it. So obviously, this was kind of a uh, like we were saying, this was a way to make some money because you know that North Dakota fans will turn out for for this type of a deal but it does give an advantage and it, and it is a little disconcerting because you look at some of the conferences like the big 10 hockey conference for example that kind of they alternated their uh, conference championship in the early years of that conference between uh, minnesota and uh, detroit um, the minneapolis st paul and detroit uh, when that conference first started and now they have a cam- uh, campus site final and you you would kind of hate to see them this eventually lead to a campus site with the idea of well you know North Dakota's a team that would be there every year so they would be hosting at least part of it and maybe because they're likely to be a number one seed we just keep doing it this way going forward with the idea that we can make some money and save some save some costs on facility rental and all the logistics and you know that type of thing so you hate to see that happen, but I don't know who you heard that conspiracy theory from, Jason. But I heard the same conspiracy theory. So, it, oh well, and, and I'm I don't, pretty sure it's not from the same person. So no, it's it's definitely not from the same person. And I don't know that I I try I try to be very diplomatic and nice. So I'm like, no, 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 it's not that at all. But you never know. You know, it's like you get your pick, North Dakota. You can either have the pot at the beginning of the season, or you can have the frozen face off at the end of the season. Which do you want? And you know, at that point, you're like, you know, we might need some wins in the uh, NCHC playoffs. So yeah, we'll take we'll take that one. At uh, oh, I, I mean, yeah. if you give me that choice, I'd take that one every. You know, it's fewer games, but and I, even if you told me like you can have you know fifty percent of the re- of the ticket revenue in the in the first half pod, but you get zero percent of the revenue in the the tournament, I still take the tournament. I take the tournament every time. Yeah, could you imagine it, if they're if, games that matter? Like I take the tournament every time, no question, no hesitation. Well, and that would have been fun to have that here in Omaha. I could have gone and yeah. watched the games. Yeah, that would have been fun to go watch some of those games and yeah, great deal. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really But even if you have it here in Omaha, like don't have it at Baxter. What about Ralston Arena? Well, well Ralston what Arena. What about CenturyLink? The, the CenturyLink Center, yeah. yeah. Or I guess the CHI Health Center is what it's called now. So yeah. Right. Yeah, have it have it there. That could that could definitely be a cool neutral site tournament. I it, that would be a, a that'd be actually be a great location for the NCHC to continue, or or to, to not continue to consider hosting the event at some point down the road because it's kind of centrally located between all the teams. There's not really a, a an advantage. Obviously, it's you know everybody kind of has to travel and you're away from that hockey base up in the Twin Cities. But but uh, but yeah, that's yeah. If you'd had or it, even, yeah. I mean, they've got they've got. ECHL arenas, you know, yep. in the Midwest here that they could utilize, uh, you know, even some of these other uh, USHL rinks, uh, you sure. know, Des Moines, like Sioux Falls. You've got, yeah, there, there's opportunities out there where you could, you know, tap into even in the future when when fans are back and stuff like yep. that. Like, why not? I mean, I, I get that you have fewer seats. That that's certainly a valid argument and stuff to kind of consider. But um, I, I just I I don't know. I don't like the idea of it being on a college campus. I, I don't like the way the Big Ten does it. No. And I wouldn't like to see us move that direction. I just I, don't think it's fair. I wouldn't either. I do worry that that's going to happen because right now you you look at a conference like ours or a conference like Hockey East where they play in these, you know, NHL venues for their conference championship. And it's pretty cool to see the team on that stage. And I know that when we went to the CCHA final, uh, the finals, the two, the two seasons that we went, it was really cool to get to see them play at Joe Lewis arena, um, in Detroit, even though it was kind of a hole and downtown Detroit was just a gigantic mess. Regardless of that, it was a really cool experience to see that. So I, I worry too, because of money and logistics and, and all of that, that they will eventually go to a campus site thing. And I think it'll lose some of its kind of, kind of, I don't know. I, I just think it'll lose a lot of its appeal to fans. Yeah. That's my opinion. But. Well, until we hit that point, we'll uh, enjoy the games that we get to see this year. 
yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to see UNO in more than one game this next weekend uh, up in Grand Forks. Uh, but if not, we'll, you know, we'll watch one game and then we'll keep our fingers crossed and, you know, say a few Hail Marys and light some candles and hope that the, hope that the team makes, makes the NCAA tournament. So, so I guess Jason, until next time, until all that stuff shakes out at the NCHC playoffs and the NCHC frozen face off, go Mavs. Go Mavs!